Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Package Tourist, hosted by yours truly, The Package Tourist, and the magical mystery tour called Life, Matthew DiBias. Tonight begins the fourth season of the, of the show, and tonight's guest, making his record fourth appearance on my show, is author and novelist Neil Perry Gordon. Neil lives in New York, and during the past four years, he has released nine books, A Cobbler's Tale, Moonflower, The Righteous One, The Bomb Squad, Hope City, Sadie Sin, Cape Nome, Otzi's Odyssey, and the last volume is Goldfield Trilogy, Denali. Tonight, we will be discussing two future books projects Neil is presently working on, Thunder Falls, The Education of Leopold Red Wolf, and The Nazarite, The Untold Story of Samson and Delilah. Neil, Happy New Year and welcome to the show. I'd like to start off by asking you, please tell our listeners about Thunder Falls, the education of Leopold Red Wolf. Well, hi, Matt. Um, thanks for having me um, on, the, on your show for the four times. It's definitely an honor. Thank you. So, so Thunder Falls, the education of Leopold Red Wolf. So it, it, Leopold is a, a young uh man in his 20s, uh, grows up in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, um, and gets himself um, involved with the Carlisle Indian School in about 1879, right when it opened. So him and his father end up working there, they're um, carpenters, and they end up getting hired um, by Captain Pratt, who was the one who first founded this Carlisle Indian School, which was a school to re-educate Indians um, to Americanize them, to, to kill the Indian, to save the man with their mantra. So I put him in this position where he's going to be a counselor to six, seven, and eight-year-old Indian boys, um, many from uh, the Lakotas and South Dakota from the Pine Ridge Reservation. And two of them, of his, the boys in his group, are sons of chiefs. And he makes a relationship with one boy in particular, whose father is Chief Redshirt of the Lakota tribe. So he gets drawn into this the world of Lakota, um, Leopold. He gets he he ends up journeying to Pine Ridge and visiting, meeting the holy man Black Elk, venturing up into the Black Hill Caverns and search for the sacred pipe. And and uh, it's a sweeping adventure. We even visit along with the Buffalo Bills Wild West show. Um, which was a fabulous reincarnation, I'm not, not reincarnation, recreation of the Wild West in a big tent where people would come and he would be a traveling show. Uh, so we can touch on that. And this, this, this is Thunderfalls. Um, this is the book that will be coming out sometime in February. So Leopold Redwolf, he's not a real person in, in real history, is he? He's, he's one of your characters, correct? Correct. But Black Elk, of course, as we all know, he's an absolutely real person. Now, this red shirt, I, I don't, I'm not remember. Is he a liter? Is he a, a novel character? Or is it was there a real red shirt at Pine Ridge? There was, there was a real red shirt in Pine Ridge. Yes. Okay, very good. So he's real. Okay, very good. Yeah. So it's interesting you mentioned 1879. So this is 
uh, very quickly after you know uh, the the Lakota been subjugated. I mean, uh, I mean, right. Sitting Bull two years earlier had surrendered. A crazy horse had been dead for two years. So placing this in context, and this is before Wounded Knee in eighteen ninety. Uh, exactly. Uh, do you talk about Wounded Knee uh, in the book by yeah. any chance? Well, we're not we're not there yet. Um, there will be a. This is the book one, then we'll be a book two. Mm. Um, there was just so much story to tell. Oh, yeah. Um, around that time. And even at Carlisle, it's such an interesting place. I mean, it was, it was brutal. But at the same time, you had Jim Thorpe and Pop Warner come out of Carlisle later on. Yeah. Um, and they, then, you know, you get one of the world's greatest athletes coming out of this. Uh, it was an Indian going to Carlisle Indian School, being discovered, having an amazing, innovative coach <clears throat> in Pop Warner that just elevated the school of Indians and they were competing at the national championships against the greatest football teams in the land, the, you know, the college teams, which were all the Ivy Leagues back then with Harvard and Princeton and Yale. And those yeah. teams were like the premier football teams. Yeah. And Carlisle was beating them. <laughs> Amazing story. Yeah. yeah. So, that, that, so there's a lot of story yet to tell. That's not in this book, but it, there's a lot of a story um, about Carlisle, about, and Ridge about the Black Hills, um, the politics at the time of Washington, D.C. Yeah, it's, it's just chock full of you know, juicy tidbits to write a story around. What tantalizes me, uh, Neil, is the fact that you've got the real life Lakota Sioux medicine man, Black Elk, in this book. I mean, and the fact that you mentioned, you know, involvement in the Buffalo Bill show, because in real life, Black Elk did, I think. Uh, not only with Buffalo Bill, but I think another Western troop, Ivy I mean, talks about it and Black Elk speaks. I mean, so in a sense, when Red Wolf is involved with that, in a sense, is that through Black Elk with Buffalo well, Bill's he, show? He, he, yeah, well, he, get, well, he gets there in a, in a roundabout way, but it, yeah, it, it, his, the story weaves itself through Pine Ridge and, and Black Elk's influence, and then they meet up again. Like you said, Black Elk does travel with the um, Buffalo Bill Wild West show and actually even goes to England with them. And then and Black Elk's story also goes on. He ended up staying in Europe for a while. And yeah. he was just, you know, it was amazing life of Black Elk. I use him in the sense of bringing some metaphysical elements into the story, uh -huh. um, which I always like to leave. So he's a really good character to, to do that with because he does have that aura. You know, his personality, his history is about this, you know, this holy man with these, with these, you know, these special powers that are sort of like gifted to him from, from the creator. So, yeah. so I always like weaving those types of things into my story with, um, with someone like that. So it was, it was really great to have him around at that time. Oh, absolutely. In fact, and, uh, uh, Neil, you know, Actually, some months ago, I think it was like it was 150 years ago. I mean, he was nine years old when Black Elk had his great vision that he talks about early in his in that book, Black Elk Speaks. I mean, he was nine years old, so it's yeah. it's 150 years ago he had that enormous experience and all of that. Now, right, yeah. when you were growing up, Neil, did you read Black Elk Speaks by John Nyhart? Not, not growing up. Well, if you count growing up. Continuing about my past past two years, that, that counts in my growing up stage. Yes, I haven't read it. I just read it recently, of course, um, from writing this book. I mean, I, I actually never even heard of Black Elf until I started looking for the Carlisle story. Then I have a good friend of mine who's actually been out to Pine Ridge, done wet lodges out there, met the 
the man who's still the, the keeper of the sacred pipe, um, which is in my story, the sacred pipe. So it's handed down from generation to generation um, from from the creator, um, and it's still in, in their possession. So I was inspired by him about that. So uh, and then then I, I discovered what he told me about the story about Black Elk, and then I just gobbled it up. Now, where where exactly do you go to do research on the Carlisle Indian Institute? I think you have to use National Archives facilities since it was part of a federal installation. I forget where. Did you go to College Park, Maryland? Did I did everything on, on the internet. There's so much there. You can you, the, the, everything from Carlisle. Everything is documented. It's just amazing. You know, every student who was there, every Indian, you know, and and with before and after their haircut. Because when you get there, you know, when they first yeah. get there, arrive, they're they're Indian, and they with long hair and then feathers in their hair and beads and wearing their traditional clothing, and you know, then they're they're stripped of their clothing and they're given their uniforms and their hair cut and they're giving an American name, um, and then beat if they speak their native language again. So, yeah. You know, but all that is documented. I mean, you just see, you know, dozens and dozens of cases. I mean, what happened in Carlisle was just the first school, but then there was literally thousands across the country, and the U.S. changed the law that all these Indian children were forced to go to these schools to be Americanized. Yeah. This would have been the answer to uh, the Indian problem. Now, you just mentioned earlier your books love to delve into either Jewish or Native American, some forms of mysticism. Now, I am not personally know because I have some of those books. There are lots of books on Lakota Sioux spirituality. When you were doing your research for Thunder Falls, did, did you avail yourself of some of those books like you know, Crow Dog or For, Fool's Crow or any of those other volumes that discuss, you know, the Native, uh, how Native American, uh, Lakota uh, pray and all that? You're coming in and out on the connection here. I don't know if it's my end or your end. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, I'll repeat it again. There are numerous books on Lakota Sioux spirituality when you were, were working on Thunder Falls, did you avail yourself of some of those books? Well, what I what I did find, no, I, I, no, none of those books, but what I did learn from was the Lakota creation story and how, it was their creation story, how their life was created. And it and it all takes place right in the Black Hills. In yes. Um, so it's amazing that their creation story is where they lived. Um, it's, or they were pushed out onto the reservation when gold was discovered. Um, but you know, there's the, the the whole story about the wind cave, and you can go to the Black Hills and tour it. And there's a wind cave. You stick your hand down a small hole, and you can feel the wind. Yeah. Supposedly, where uh, the creator closed up the hole, so the, the humans who tried to leave from the caves too early before the earth was ready. Um, he, he closed it up and wouldn't prevent them from going back, but uh, they, he, they were being punished from, for, for leaving too soon. So the whole creation story is there, so amazing um, that it's actually it, it's it's like it's like having you know the, the tree of Adam and Eve in your backyard. You know, that's 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 how I relate to it. Were you able to uh, twenty two years ago, and actually twenty three years ago? I was able to visit South Dakota, and I went through the you know, Pine Ridge Reservation, Mount Rushmore, the Black Hills, Crazy Horse Monument, and Custer State Forest. Were you able to do any field trips out to those areas, the reservations in the Black Hills? It sounds like a trip that you just described, I, I need to do. Um, no, 
I did this all without going, all by reading uh, about it, but I, I, I did not go. And, you know, most of my stories I write about, I, I haven't been there. Um, you know, it's, it's but, those, but those tidbits of places where I did go, it does add an extra special element, I have to say. So, yeah, I didn't go, but that's certainly on my list, especially to tour those Black Hill Caves. It's supposed to be the longest routes of caves anywhere in the country. It goes, goes, on, you know, goes on forever under those hills. Well, I actually did. I mean, I, I went to Wounded Knee. I walked the massacre site. Um, <clears throat> I actually climbed atop Harney Peak and stood where Black Elk stood first in the spirit and then actually in the flesh because he quite climbed it when he was an old man. He talk, They talk about it in the Nyhart book. You, you got to do it, Neil, uh, for your subsequent bonds. You got to go back. I mean, it's an incredibly emotional experience. I mean, uh, uh, when you go through that country they're incredibly mystical wow. it's incredibly powerful you know oh, great. great to hear this from you yeah yeah now let's go to your next the, the other book you're working on the nazarite the untold story of samson and delilah please tell our listeners about that how do you do how you decided to work on that uh, uh book well while i was writing thunder falls um there was a and a point in, in my storytelling where I, I mentioned the Bible story of Samson and Delilah and how uh, Leopold actually was inspired by that vision and always thought his father as being that, that super strong man, um, Samson. Um, so, so as I'm thinking more about this Bible story, Samson and Delilah, I started saying, well, oh, it's a kind of really a, that's a good place to, to write a, a, like a fictionalized version of it, just write out the whole story. Um, and then I started thinking of the question, why would Samson give up his ultimate existential threat of his life, his secret of his hair, to this woman? Uh, obviously, they they had some sort of love affair going on, so she seduced him. Um, but what did she have to go to? What did she have to find? in Samson's psyche that would allow him to give up this sacred secret um, in exchange for some ultimate pleasure. Now, so yeah, go ahead. That's, that was one of the questions. And then other things started to come around from that as well. I mean, when you, when you start to write a story where this man has this amazing powers, of like a superhero, um, and like in today's superhero stories, we see I mean, powers comparable to that. Um, how do you write about it and give it credibility and not be a superhero story? Mm. You know, um, so that's that's how I've, I've gone gone about it. Now, the term Nazarite comes from the Pentateuch, the first five Bibles of the Old Testament. Please tell our listeners what does the term Nazarite mean. Well, he was called Nazarite because he was the hand of God. So his mother um, could not give birth, could not get pregnant. Um, so an angel came down and gave her the seed and with the instructions saying that your child will be born a Nazarite and, these things, and the laws of what the Nazarite must be guided by. He never should put a razor to his hair. He shouldn't drink wine. He shouldn't you know, mingle with the dead. Um, and but the purpose of the Israelites is defeating the Philistines, their ultimate enemy. Yeah. 
So the Nazarite was this, you know, this God-given child mm. given to the Israelites. This was before they were Jews, given to the Israelites. Because Samson was the last judge, which was sort of like, you know, they weren't judges per se. There was this, you know, the leader of the time before King Saul came along and then King David. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so he had, he had a big role. Um, but he was more like um, a Robin Hood type, you know, um, not a not a leader of men. He was a one man wrecking machine, um, and he was very flawed. And he spinned like crazy. He, he drank wine. He he was interested in, to the, in the Philistine women. Uh, he certainly mingled with the dead because he killed so many Philistines. So um, he was full of sin. Um, and uh, yeah, he still had this prophecy. That he would be the one who would defeat the Philistines, um, and you know, then you read different interpretations from different religions. Because everyone, you know, a lot of people will, will tell that story. Um, you know, past Jews. I mean, you know, there's lots and lots of different types of religions that that pull out of the Old Testament, but they all have different interpretations of it. You know, the Chabad, which is a, a an Orthodox um, Jewish that believed took all his sins and 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 turned it around saying he sinned because he was so he was god's gift i mean he said he did all these things because this was this was meant to be this is why he, he had to do these things um which is interesting you know trying to find meaning to these stories um yeah so yeah it, it's a fun story to tell now you intend to present the Nazarite in serial form. What led you to choose this way? Have you uh, any of your previous books were ever presented in serial form? No, this is the first time. Um, I'm writing on Substack now, and um, Substack is really a wonderful place to put newsletters out. It's for, it's for writers, um, and also you can charge like a, by the month. And you can my, my right now my subscriptions are free, but you also can charge by the month. Um, so if I'm going to charge something, charge, I want to have something to give um, rather than just my musings from week to week. Um, so I took, I, I said, you know, it's a novella. Um, so yeah. it's about 32,000 words. Um, and so I'm looking for a different way of presenting it um, out there and see. So I'll present it out in serialized format. And then once it's all out there, um, I'll publish it. Um, on Amazon, probably at that point, uh, but we'll see. I mean, it's, it's an experiment, something new. When it comes to writing erotic moments, do you do you think you'll be you will indulge yourself when writing about the sexual tension and passion between Samson and Delilah? Well, yeah. So it's, it's, it, you want to, you have to sort of like know where to go. It's, it's, yeah. It's, tricky to, to write those things and you want to leave a lot up to the imagination because no one wants to read or about the nitty-gritty of things so yeah i go so far i try to stay more in the head yeah than in than physical um because i know what i like to read and what i i cringe at reading um so yeah it's, that's that's a challenge and also i'm writing obviously from a man's point of view thanks yeah. to this my editor is a woman so she'll <laughs> look at that and say okay Let's try to polish this up a little bit because I think women are much better writing that than men are. Okay. Now you explore human weakness in that Samson betrays his secret because of his lust for Delilah. 
what what basically it's the old question why is it that sex overcomes common sense in that sense i mean is that a metaphor of life in that sense i mean is it the struggle between carnality and, and commitment spiritual commitment i mean is that which is that part of the, the thing between samson and delia it's like a metaphor for that well i think there's probably a dozen metaphors between samson and delilah i mean you know you have you have good and evil you have um, lightness and darkness. You have Samson who's physically strong but morally weak. Um, you know, it's just, it's filled with metaphors um, because you know it's a simple story, and it's a it's a modern story in the way as well. I mean, it, you know, maybe it's just a modern, but it's it's classic because it, it, that story has gone on thousands of years. Yeah. Samson took that story took place in the year 1200 BC. Um, at the end of the Bronze Age, beginning of the Iron Age, which is why the Philistines always conquered the Israelites, because the Philistines had the iron and the Israelites had the bronze. Yeah. But when you put bronze against iron, there's not a good, not a good match. Yeah. Um, the, the, the technology of the time saved the Philistines. Um, but yeah, long time ago, but the story is still very fresh and current. And, you know. Yeah, all these stories about betrayal and um, which is a big part of what the whole thing is because why Delilah basically betrayed him. Um, yeah. And where can please tell our listeners where can people find your books? On Amazon, you look up. You just put my name, Neil Perry Gordon, and um, I'll come up. You'll see all all the books right there. You also you can go to my website. Um, neilperrygordon.com and learn a lot about what I had there or, or my Substack page um, as well. So if you go Neil Perry Gordon Substack, it'll come up. And if you want to, you get on the mailing list there and I'll send out my, my newsletters. I send out once a week usually. Yep. And then also you'll see the news that's coming out, you know, the new books and the, and the serialized fiction. Now, uh, the, the official release date for Thunder Falls, can you tell give us you know, a clue what the official release date, Neil? Well, I'm going to say February 15th. Okay. That could change. That could change. <laughs> yep. It, you know, it'll be close to that. Okay. And what about the Nazarite? When do you think episode, the first very first episode will be up? I'm, I'm pushing that for the uh, first week of March. Okay. Now, after that, I mean, you, I think you're going to be you're going to be lingering with Thunder Falls and the Nazarite for a while because you you'll talk about the potential for future sequels to this. You think you're going to be exploring uh, Leopold Red Wolf, you know, uh, you know, for uh, for for a while then, correct? Actually, no. I'm, I don't usually write my sequels right back to back. Ooh. I'll write another book in between. So I've always done that. So I'm I'm going back now. I'm writing the sequel to Bomb Squad. Mm. Um, which is my fourth book, which now takes place in 1939. Mm. And at that time, up in Tuxedo Park, New York, which is very close to you, and that's the place I've been to, um, Alfred Loomis was there, the scientist, and he, they were developing, for World War II, they were developing radar, and eventually through there, those scientists that actually they moved from there to MIT, and they were the ones behind the atom bomb. But that was all happening right here in secret at Tuxedo Park. At the same time, we have these. I have my 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 detective Max Rothman, who was my main character in Bomb Squad, um, who was 
investigating German spies is now going to be as an FBI agent investigating again German spies are all trying to infiltrate and succeed on far into Alfred Loomis's secret laboratory. Um, so that's what I'm writing now. It's just getting started. Actually, don't laugh in real life. I know there were two major penetrations by German intelligence agents. You had this, was it the Seabold affair? You know, mm -hmm. uh, I think it was like 3940. Then later, you had that German U boat unloading those spies with explosives and all that, engaging sabotage, yet they were they were caught in all that. Uh, do you think you might explore those two real life uh, incidents? Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the 39 one, I will. That's going to be. So this, the, there was a famous. German spy who kept escaping, um, and that's going to be the, the main antagonist of the story. Um, and then I have a big female character in this too, who's going to be a young woman who's just getting into the interior decorating business and working for the renowned Dorothy Draper, who was the most you know the famous decorator of New York City at the time, who lived also lived in Tuxedo Park. Yeah. My father was an architect who built Tuxedo Park. Mm -hmm. um, so this will be my detective's way in to this young decorator who's going to, you know, be his spy and, and try to get in there while she's doing the decorating. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see these sequels to Thunder Falls, especially knowing, you know, I... I, I don't know if you ever knew this, Neil, but I've always been fascinated with Native American history, especially the Plains Wars and all of that. And I've I've read numerous books about Black Elk, you know, uh, Black Elk Speaks and also some personal history from his family and descendants and all of that. You know, so it's going to be fascinating if you explore those themes like Wounded Knee and, and various other things as well. So I can't wait when you write your subsequent volumes about this because so much rich history and you know tragedy and all that that the potential to be explored so i might i might tap you for some information when i get to it yeah yeah i mean yeah, incredible neil i want to thank you so much for being on the show and again i know you, this is your fourth appearance and i know there's going to be plenty more in the months and years to come and it's always an honor and a privilege to have you here okay i appreciate that yeah thank you so much you take care and be safe, okay? Yeah, you too, Matt. Okay, bye-bye. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for next week's show where I will be interviewing author Chip Martin. And i just like to remind my listeners and anyone else out there that even though Christmas has passed, uh, my book, my latest book, Lords of the Gridiron 2, Pro Football's Greatest Coaches, is still up on Amazon. It's still on sale at 30% off. And will remain on sale at 30% off until after Super Bowl 57 is played in mid-February. So if you've got a gift card and looking for something to buy, if you want to know who are the 50 greatest NFL head coaches of all time, please buy my book because my book answers that question. Thank you very much. Happy New Year and good night.